Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20% off your jig order. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. Welcome, everybody, to the Paddle and Fin Network. This is the final cast. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm Brad. And tonight we have our very own paddle and fin outdoor woman Susie Roloff. Hey. Hobie <laughs> specialist. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to bring Susie on tonight. And because recently she upgraded her kayak from, well, I'll let you share that. Sure. <laughs> so she's going to kind of go over. I think we're going to talk about all your kayaks, see where you came from and where you're at now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I originally started off in a little Pelican Pursuit or something like that. Gosh, it seems like forever since I got that. Um, But it was given to me by a good friend of mine back in about 2011, And I just kind of used that just to kind of pitter-patter around, go out on some local lakes and whatnot. Didn't really fish a whole lot. And then um, when I went to a rec show here in uh, Peoria in March of 2014, uh, my current Hobie dealer, uh, Quest Water Sports, uh, was there. And I saw that they had the Hobie kayaks. I'd never heard of them, never seen them before. And after I saw what they could do, I was like, oh my God, I got to have one. What do I need to do to get one of these? (laughs) So um, got some more information about it, uh, saved up some some money and uh, I made my down payment on it and picked up uh, my first blue Hobie Mirage Outback in uh, June of 2014. And it was a 20, I think it was a 2014. And so I had that for... 
I had that for three years, and it had the old well seat before they had uh, updated it to the, um, not quite the chair in the Pro Angler, but uh, they had yeah. upgraded the seat in the Outback. So I once they upgraded that, I was like, all right, I need to start looking into upgrading that. And then um, in the early spring of uh, 2017, I had one up there to get a couple parts for it, and I saw an orange... Uh, uh, limited edition uh, pro or not pro angler uh, outback and once I saw it I was like oh, okay I think I gotta have this now <laughs> <laughs> and they had only made 500 of them <clears throat> so uh, I did a trade-in and uh, I had that and uh, I named that one the orange crush I mean obviously <laughs> why not yeah. And, uh, I loved it. I, I took that thing everywhere. I beat the crap out of it. And I put a lot of modifications on it too. I, uh, I put, uh, two H rails on the side of it. Um, so that way I could easily uh, mount stuff on it a lot better without having to do a lot of extra holes. Uh, I put lights on it. Um, I, I rigged it out pretty good. And then, um, kind of this year I had really been, thinking and pondering about upgrading again to something else. And after I saw the three sixties come out, I was like, okay, I, I want something, <laughs> I want something else. And, you know, I love the Outback, how, you know, it's kind of small and easy to maneuver, easy to carry around. But uh, what I was lacking on was space. And uh, especially when it comes to holding rods and stuff like that, you know, I'd have to put them in, uh, in my crate rod holder and whatnot and so, uh, yeah, this, uh, past, uh, gosh, when did I go up and get it? Was it October? Man, I can't even remember. Yeah. It was like October ish. Uh, went up to quest and, uh, traded in the, uh, orange crush and I got a 2019, uh, pro angler 14. So I went big and went home yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was actually pretty lucky to get to take it out, um, for two days during the, um, uh, the Indiana kayak anglers of the Turkey bowl. And I uh, got to test it out for two days out there. So, uh, definitely have some, um, uh, adjustments to make and whatnot, but, uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's much bigger. It's roomier. I can hold a lot of stuff. Um, the, the biggest con for me right now for it is because I'm a shorter person, the, uh, seat is much more higher behind me and mm -hmm. in my outback, it was really short. So I'd be able to reach behind me really easily yeah. where in the pro angler, it's like really tall. So I'm like, Ugh, I can't really <laughs> reach behind me. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting used to it and maybe getting like a little seat or something to put in there. So, um, but yeah, I'll definitely be uh, making some um, modifications to it over this winter. I'm going to be uh, modifying my trailer because uh, the PVC pipes that I have on there now would fit my Outback, but they don't fit the Pro Angler. Uh, they just got to be a little bit wider apart. And then, um, of course, uh, this kayak is actually my personal kayak, so I can do whatever I want to it. And then uh, come this spring, I'll get my team boat uh, from Quest. Uh, not quite certain which one I'll be getting yet, um, but I'll have to rig my, my uh, trailer up to hold both kayaks. So I'll be working be on cool. that. Yeah, I'll be working on that this winter. Um, I'll be making some videos on, like, you know, how to, how I'm going to set it up and whatnot that way some folks can kind of see how i've got it rigged up with the pvc pipe 
because uh, not only do I have the kayak sitting on the pipes, but at the very end, the pipes will kind of come down and taper. That way, when I'm rolling it up to the back of my uh, trailer, I can just push it right up the pipes and it'll slide right on instead of having to pick it up and be all yeah. awkward and everything. The, the, so. Those kayaks are not light either. No. <laughs> that would probably be the other con to it is I went yeah. from a 70-ish pound kayak to a 120-pound kayak. <laughs> I, I didn't realize the Outback was that light, actually. Yes. Yep. That was the beauty of it. And I could just, I could haul that thing anywhere. I could go on rivers. Yeah. Um, I could trudge through mud and stuff like that and not have any problem. And, you know, this next year, uh, I might have a little bit of a difficulty, but I think the, the pros are going to outweigh the cons in it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Outback seems like it's, it would be a, a nice little paddle or pedal riverboat. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, uh, definitely worked really good for me on the, um, White River when I was in Indiana too, for the uh, Hobie satellite event. So it did pretty good. How how do you uh, go about taking your drive out before you get through rapids? I was I was, was curious about that. Yeah. Um, so, well, when I was in my outback, um, I would just kind of see. I'd be able to see ahead of me far enough to where um, it would get shallow enough for me to have to pop the drive up. And with the current moving pretty good, I'd just have it up and out most of the time anyway, and just kind of use my paddle. But then going upstream would be a little bit different. I'd have to pay attention to uh, when it would get shallow and when it get deep. As soon as it get deep, I'd pop my drive back in and pedal for a while. Then once I get to a shallow area, I would either pedal or it just it was just easier to get up out of the kayak and then just kind of dredge it through the shallow areas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I know I'd probably end up breaking a mirage drive in the river. I've broken so <laughs> many like transducer arms. Because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those guys that I, I, I'm, I cast till the last second before I get through rapids. And if I miss <laughs> a spot, it's just like, it drives me nuts. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. I don't know it's, if they would like, I, I'm not, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, do, do they hold up to the abuse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I dragged that thing through so much sand and rock on uh, the White River. Um, the biggest setback for me is, since it was an older model, it didn't have the retractable transducer mount. So um, with my Lowrance Elite 9, it's got the bigger transducer, so it actually sticks out underneath the kayak. Mm -hmm. And I had to get the Burley Pro cover for it. And I broke that thing. I broke it like three times just because, <laughs> you know, I've, I've hit things, ran over things and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I broke it <laughs> on the White River. But, I mean, like, I was dragging that thing and that that thing, they're a beast. The, yeah. You would have to, like, hit, like, I don't know, like a, a big sword or something, like, a lot. And then it'll finally <laughs> puncture it. But, like, you, I've had deep scrapes in it and it, it didn't phase it, so... I mean, it just might look ugly on the bottom, but it, it holds up through rough and tough. Hmm. So That's cool. Yep. So what was your opinion from jumping from the Outback to the Pro Angler 14 when you were out at the Turkey Bowl? Did you find it kind of harder to cover water because you were used to such a light boat and then you got into basically the the yacht of kayaks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
You know, a, a little bit. Um, I haven't had enough time on the water to kind of really make that um, opinion yet. But it the another uh, con to it is um, the Pro Angler 14. It is a beast. It's it's a big kayak. So the turning uh, capability of it, it's there, but it takes a lot longer um, yeah. on a bigger boat like that. And you definitely get turned in the wind a lot too um, in it. But what really surprised me was the speed that I could maintain in it. Like once I got up to speed, like a lighter boat was next to me and I was like outpacing them. I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, as far as like, you know, um, it the maneuverability, it's, it's not bad. It's a little something to get used to, um, but... Again, you know, the other factors of the space um, and just being able to stand up very easily in it, too, are just going to outweigh that maneuverability. Um, I'm not much of a um, like a power fisher, uh, in a sense. Um, I kind of like to linger around in areas. I'll kind of cruise around a bit, but, um, you know, it, it might potentially be a drawback for me but then again you know i still have to you know get used to it and get a feel for it and figure out how much uh you know i'll be able to cover in it and whatnot so yeah i could tell you're not a uh, power fisherman i just by the uh, bait video you posted i was like man these are all finesse lures <laughs> i like it yep pretty much yeah <laughs> I'm a finesse yeah. guy too i like i love soft plastics and stuff right yep yep <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, do you have any plans to take it into some bigger water this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've definitely got, um, well, I mean, there's going to be Gunnersville coming up here at the uh, end of March, beginning of April. Um, so, and looking at maps and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's not like big like Lake Michigan, which I will be on. Uh, this uh, coming year for the uh, salmon tournament um, that I do every year. So I'm always looking forward to that. And then, of course, uh, Lake St. Clair. Uh, I'll probably be spending a good three, three and a half days on Lake St. Clair on it. So I'm super excited to uh, see how uh, it handles. I bet that kayak handles those waves like it's nothing. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would, I would feel the waves pretty good in the outback. You know, and I could turn pretty good, but like I've seen, you know, just from being out in bigger water and how the, the pro anglers handle. So, yeah, I it's going to handle it. No problem. Yeah, that's going to be nice. How does that uh, Mirage Drive uh, act in like thick vegetation? Um, You know, with my previous kayaks and the uh, pro angler. I would have to say that I am actually going to miss my turbo fin drive. Um, so my turbo fin drive had like a, a bigger and longer fin to it. And mm -hmm. compared to what the, the 180 drive is, like it, there, there's less to it. And, you know, there, there has been talk of it, you know, of the main uh, like metal shaft breaking right at the uh the drive part um i might be a little concerned about it but 
I mean, when I'm going through thick vegetation here at Banner, like even if I had my turbo drive in there, I got to pull it up because, I mean, that stuff is so thick. I'm just going to kind of sit there yeah. and like, I'm just going to paddle. It's just going to be so much easier. But like kind of lighter stuff and whatnot, it, you know, I've, I haven't had a chance to really test it out myself. Um, but I'll be able to, you know, make a pretty good comparison, hopefully by mid season this year on, uh, the 180 drive and what my, um, uh, um, drive was able to do. So, yeah, I, I kind of got the impression, even like when I was in the big rig and the CUSA FD and you can pop their drives up, which is real nice, but mm -hmm. try to test by going through like little patches. I didn't try to go through anything real thick because the kayaks aren't mine. So I didn't want to damage them, but right. um, it creates like a drag in a sense, even though you're kind of getting through it, it's kind of, it slows you down. So it's almost not really worth my opinion to try to push through that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. drive it, it, it would kind of, it would pick that stuff up and get rid of a lot of it. But you start getting through some of the good green healthy stuff that's got a lot of fibers in it and it's wrapping up and it doesn't want to cut through regardless. Yeah. You know? Yep. And then that'll be actually one nice thing about the 180 drive is when I do pedal through some heavy stuff, I can flip it into the reverse mode, give it a quick uh, purge and it'll knock some of it off um, and then just be able to turn it right back on. But even in my uh, turbo fins, like even if I only had like maybe three or four strands of uh, weeds and stuff on there, they would still kind of like feel weird in a sense. Um, I guess that would kind of be like a little like annoyance type thing. I'd have to pull it up and, you know, let the stuff loose or whatever. But uh, yeah. And to me, you know, I'm just like, even if I lose, I, I'm not worried about you know, losing time to pulling my drive up and paddling or anything like that type of thing. So it's just a matter of, all right, am I actually going to really try to pedal through this or am I just going to save myself the time and effort and pop up my drive and just pedal through it? So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let's go back to the uh, Hobie Outback you had. Uh, since this is a product review, kind of go through like the pros and cons of that kayak just to give some people some information about it. Yeah, um, definitely the pros. Um, so it's a lighter kayak and um, easy to maneuver, um, whether it be on big water, small water, um, through weeds and stuff like that. It could turn really nicely. Like as soon as you turn your rudder, um, you're, you're turning, whereas uh, the PA, you turn, you got to kind of really pedal into your turn a little bit. Um, let's see here. Some of the cons, I would say, is limited space. Um, definitely for sure. Um, you don't have your horizontal rod holders. Um, they do make um, like rod holders that you could drill into, but that's just more holes you got to uh, drill into your kayak and everything. Although the, um, the newer Outbacks, um, they made them with recessed H-rails, which I was really jealous of, yeah. um, which was awesome. I was like, that was really good on their part to do that. And uh, putting that square hatch in there is like vital too, because those round hatches, I mean, they're great and all, but having that square hatch on my Outback, 
that was awesome because I could stuff a lot more stuff in there. Um, my square battery case would go right in there, and it just it just felt bigger too having that right in there. Um, let's see here, what else? Um, the older model, I would say again, would be the um, not having the retractable. Uh, transducer mount because um, again if you've got your yeah. mount that sticks out underneath it you're you're more risk to you know damaging it if you don't have a cover on it or anything like that but uh, i know pretty much all the newer models have that retractable mount so that was awesome for them to uh, make yeah, that, that upgrade that is a real cool feature i was looking at one at strictly sale when we had that thing going on and they had uh, an Outback and a new uh, 360, and it had that. Uh, what, what do you call it? Guardian? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a Guardian, or I can't remember the exact name of it, but yeah. it, I thought it, that was a cool feature. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, and you can you can control it too. So like, if you want it to go all the way up when you're beaching, you just pull your little handle thing, and it pulls it right up. And then when you're ready to make it go back down on the water, it'll go down. But even when it's down, if you go over like a stump or something like that, it's not going to bump right on it. It's going to retract up because of that bungee system that it's got in there. So it's a big peace of mind when you know that you're not going to, you know, go through five different covers in a season. (laughs) You don't need (laughs) transducer arms and all that other stuff. Yes, yeah, and that that would kind of be the other thing, too, is Hobie makes everything transducer ready. So you don't have to worry about having an arm or anything like that. The Outbacks and the PAs a little bit. The PAs have a lot more arm space, in a sense, but the, the Outbacks, getting your hand up there in the hole to pull the cords through and everything, <laughs> that, that was a little bit of a pain. So, um, And uh, when I mounted the... Um, the boondocks on the uh, the outback that was that was challenging too. <laughs> Why is that? So, um, <laughs> well, the the brackets have to go up inside um, to mount the uh, the kind oh, of bolts and yeah. frame too. And so I was doing it by myself, and I had to try to figure out a creative way to like hold the inside bracket up because I couldn't really have it upside down and everything. So what I eventually figured out doing is I took a ceiling fan chain because it was light enough and I could tie a knot on one end, but it was sturdy enough that I could kind of feed it back through the hole through which I was feeding the uh, bracket through. So I just pulled that up there and then drilled in their, uh, yeah, drilled in my hole and then secured it on there. So it, it was a little tricky. And, you know, get my hands up in there, too, to try to figure out where everything should mount was uh, was a bit challenging, too. So, I yeah. Bet. But those boondocks, though, I, hands down, those are worth their weight in gold. Because I went through a couple different carts, even with the Outback. Like, it's, it's a light kayak. But having the ease of mind of just unplugging your wheel and you're ready to go is just so much better than lifting up your kayak or tipping it on its side, you know, to put a card underneath it or whatever. That was just a pain in the butt. And as soon as I put those boondocks on there, it's like, it was life-changing. I was like, this is so much easier. (laughs) I'm kind of waiting on Yak Attack to like create their own uh, cart or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a feeling they're going to come out with something cool eventually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some flaws to the boondocks, but after I installed them, I really didn't have any other issues except for, um, the, uh, the little bearing 
uh, in the middle of the wheel would kind of come off every now and then. So I'd be pulling along and it'd just come off and it would kind of tip over. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. Uh, let's see here. What else? Um, one of the other, I guess, downsides to the Outback Um and I think the newer models have a rudder system or handles on both sides, but mine only had the rudder on the left-hand side. So I kind of wish I had it on both sides so that I could, you know, control it from whichever. But again, that's like a little kind of minor thing. Um, a good pro to the Outback, and I think they do this on all of them now, is having the bigger rudder in the back. And um, I know that they recently upgraded um to have their rudder i think underneath uh kind of like they do in the pro anglers now in their newer models of outbacks um, but mine was the one where it would just flip up in the back and it, it was okay but a big kind of annoying thing too was when i'd get through some heavy weeds and if i'd forget to pull it up and i'd be stuck in weeds i'd have to pull it up and then pull it down and pull it up and pull it down to get the weeds off of the rudder um, so that was kind of another con to that. But again, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't really a, a huge deal type of thing. So um, let's see here. What else? That, um, that Outback's really fast, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could. I'm trying to think of the fastest. Like if I really wanted to get up and go and go like as super fast as I can in those turbo fins, I could probably go like five or something like that. Wow. So. I, I could maintain. That's torpedo like, speed. <laughs> I know. I could maintain <laughs> three and a half for quite a while when I'm like, you know, getting in the groove and everything and going. But then, you know, I get tired after a little while. But, I mean, I can, I can maintain a good speed and keep that up all day. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was a pretty fast boat. I haven't really tested to see how fast I can go in the Pro Angular yet. But uh, this next year, I'll have to play around with that a little bit. Yeah. Pedaling down with current, you probably hit like seven mile an hour. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like zoom. That's, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you put the boondocks on the PA fourteen? I sure did. I yeah. sure did. Yep. Yep. I'm. I got the boondocks. Um, I think like a couple days after I got the kayak, and uh, then I got them installed. I got them installed just shortly before the. Uh, uh, the Indiana tournament. So I was able to use them then. And they, again, like life changing and like so worth their weight in gold. And w having a truck now too has changed a lot for me as well. Um, I used to have a RAV4, it was like a crossover um, uh, SUV type thing. And now I've got the truck. So I got the, uh, the Boondocks bed extender. And that has been like a game changer too. Cause like, I don't have to worry about pulling the trailer anymore or anything like that. And having the boondocks on the back of that kayak, all I have to do is just pull it up on the top. And then I just go to the back with the wheels on and I push it up and it slides right on and it's easy mm. as pie. It's yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And when we were at the Turkey bowl, I remember getting ready to ask you if you needed some help. And I was like, Nope, Nope. She's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just slide around. Yeah. And, yep. I, I thought about getting those for the Bonafide, but I, I keep hearing stories of people's kayaks cracking and stuff. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it. Right. Yeah. You but, know, and I've heard that too. And, you know, when I put them on my Outback, I would check it occasionally. 
never had a cracking issue or anything like that. I don't know if it, it was just like certain models or yeah. just where they would mount it on there, but I never had a problem with it. And then when I installed it on the Pro Angler, I tried to uh, put them on there on kind of like the thickest part and whatnot. So, yeah, Ho Hobie's plastic's already pretty thick. That's what makes <laughs> yeah. it heavy, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't imagine they would crack a Hobie. No, yeah. I mean, I, I've heard of people doing it, but I also wonder if it's just because of having so much weight in it, too, might have been a part yeah. of it. So, like, people will really load their kayaks, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's yeah. already 120 pounds by itself. You know, you put all your gear and everything on there, you know, you're looking at, like, 175 pounds plus. So yeah, This is weighs more than a John boot. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also wonder, wonder what kind of terrain they're going over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Make it all bouncy. Yep. Yep. That would kind of be another like pro and con. So when um, I went up to Monaco uh, last year for a tournament, um, I went to this little secluded lake and it was like a three quarter of a mile uh, portage just to get to the lake. And so having that lighter kayak with the Outback was great. You know, I was able to like, you know, kind of pick the front end of it up and like push it or whatever. Or if I wanted to pull it, I could pull it too. Oh, that, that reminds me too. So kind of a con to the, um, to the Outback is the handle in the front it just, it would hurt my hand after pulling it for so long, you know, I mean, but then again, you know, when are you really going to pull your kayak for more than 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you're <laughs> purging. <laughs> unless you're me and Justin and carry him through the woods just to get to a spot that <laughs> right. is not fished in Ohio. <laughs> I, I've yep. carried my kayak like probably quarter mile or more or even a half mile probably just to get to a fishing hole. Yeah. So I, I know that feeling. And yeah. Jackson's handles are not the more yeah. the most comfortable handles either <laughs> yep yep and i i wish i would have gotten some sort of like toe strap or something like that when i was on the uh, white river in indiana because pulling that thing through the shallow water i was like oh god why wasn't i smart and brought a rope <laughs> yeah, Josh there has you one go. right there yeah see i wish i would have had something like Is that, that the but road I... one yeah yeah he just got that one nice Susie. Check out Rogue Fishing, and then check out Stearns. Stearns makes these um, sort of elastic kind of, <clears throat> I don't even know, like, if you want to call it a strap, but they have really giant, really big carabiners on it, and I have one. Oh, but I had, yeah. a, I had a waistband that I used to put it around, so when I would wade fish, I'd have the kayak in tow. <laughs> ah. And um, but I found that I didn't start using it very often because I kind of got freaked out by the boat getting swept away with me strapped oh, to Oh, yeah. Yep. So I stopped kind of doing that, but I still utilized the strap and the belt pool. Hey. If, I was, if I was going by myself. But As long as you're wearing your PFD, you'll be yep. fine. Yeah, but still. I mean, <laughs> but still, it's just that thought of, you know, having a 80-pound kayak tied around your waist and then going downstream with it. You're just like, maybe not so much. <laughs> Sounds like fun to me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to use the belt, the belt to pull also because it added length. Well, yeah. the belt had to be a pain because sometimes it would come undone. 
<clears throat> so I checked out Rogue Fishing because I was looking for a phone leash and it had this package for like 55 bucks and it had like the phone leash and two or three different sizes leashes and this thing in it. Nice. And I was like, I was sold on it right away. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, I had a question, but before we went on to that, I just completely forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, other plans that I have for my kayak over this winter is I'm going to put lights on it again because just my my brother's really uh, kind of savvy with that. So he's a fire chief for a uh, local uh, fire department and he knows like so much stuff like he knows how to work on um, automobiles, equipment like he maintains and updates the uh, all the fire trucks. He does all the electrical work, you know, he, he, he's like a jack of all trades. And so he, he likes doing all the, uh, the lighting and stuff. And he was, uh, <clears throat> who did uh, most of the lighting on my uh, orange crush. And so he's like, well, you get me the material and then you just let me have fun with it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about, um, when like I open up my front hatch and if it's dark out, he'll have like a light in there, you know, I'm like, geez, you getting fancy on me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'll put some lights on it. Got the boondocks on it. Um, what else was I going to do with it? Um, oh, I'm going to try to make my own like H crate in a sense. Um, so I'm going to try to modify my current milk crate and mm. attach some like carabiner straps to the bottom of it. Uh, Cause the H crate has these straps and carabiners so that it'll clip onto the back of the PA so that if you tip over your crate doesn't go away. Um, yeah. So I figure that'll be pretty easy to do, but I've still got leftover um, rails um, that I had put on my outback. So I'm like, well, maybe I could try to get creative and put those on top of the H crate or my, uh, my milk crate so that if I wanted to mount something on the back of there, but the tricky thing is, is how to get those to mount onto a plastic milk crate. So still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, uh, other than that, um, nothing too crazy on it. So, so I remembered my question now. I don't know why I was going to bring it up, but the Hobie Mirage uh, I-11S, have you ever uh, gotten one of those? I-11S. That's the inflatable? Oh, no, I haven't. It, I That always looked really interesting to me. I always wanted to check it out, but, you know, never did. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I believe I've seen it at Quest before. Um, it's never really been like an interest for me per se, um, just because of what I do and everything. So I haven't really pursued uh, checking into it or anything like that. But it'd be definitely interesting and compactable for sure. Yeah, I, I bet that thing's super fast too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Josh, you were going to say something. I knew you were. Uh, I was yawning, sorry. It looked like you're about to say something. <laughs> I'm trying not to yawn. That one is trigger the serial <laughs> yawn by everybody. But. Right. Yep. Once somebody goes, then everybody goes. Um. Let's see. These H rails. This struck. Those look interesting too. I. Those are the ones that kind of. They're they're shaped like. I don't know. I don't know how you explain them. It's like it's a. Like a yeah, long almost... U, maybe U shape. <laughs> 
Um, kind of, sort of. So they're, um, they're, how do you, how do you explain it? They're, um, I, I see them now. Yeah. It's, it's, they're angled on both sides and there's just like a rail on top. Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking of the other plates that come on the outback, the ones in the back, the black things. Uh, I forget what those are called. Like the the bungee strap things? Yeah. Is that what that's for? Uh, so like the bungee straps uh, on the outback in the back and even on the PA, those are just like, I guess, quote unquote, like cargo straps. So like if you wanted to strap... Um, like gear bags and stuff back there. Um, I would strap uh, those through my uh, H crate a little bit. Those oh, right there. Oh, those in the back. Yep. So yeah, those don't have the rails to it. Um, up in the front part, they've got the the metal rails to it. So if you look mm -hmm. at the pro angler, and the the rails will run like kind of higher up. There, it's more or less just so that you can have a place to mount stuff. So like your fish finder screen, um, rod holders, other type of stuff like that. Like I got a, um, I got like a Hobie gear box and it's got a little clip to clip right on to the H rails. So it, it's nice to have the, the rails to just pretty much clip and go of whatever you want on there instead of having to drill, you know, a hole for this yeah. fish holder, you know, a hole for my fish finder or a hole for this, you know, type of thing. So yeah, th those looked interesting. I never, I didn't know what they were. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they got like little bungee things in the back. So like, um, you can, um, you can like attach stuff to it. It it's kind of hard to explain by like showing you to have to actually like be there to see. And once you see how it's done, then you're like, oh, okay, I see what you mean now. So. Yeah. These these new seats on the newer mo models. Uh, when did they start making those? Do you know? Those came out in I think 2018, either oh, okay. 17 or 18. Because uh, yeah, they went from the well seat and then they upgraded to um, the adjustable arms and then like the button on the back and stuff. Uh, well, the on the outback they don't have arms. It's just uh, it's just the back, but it does oh, okay. have the. Um, uh, the lumbar adjustment, and then it, it has like a little kickstand thing on the bottom if you wanted to like raise it up a little bit. And then there's a bar underneath it that you can adjust like the front part of the bottom seat, the height. Um, mm -hmm. On the Pro Angler, it's got, it's like a lawn chair in a sense. You know, you've got the arms and it's got tall legs and whatnot. So, but yeah, for the Outback, it used to have just the well seat. So it used to be just like a soft formed pad there wasn't really adjusting anything except for the side straps. And that's really all you had for support. So it'd get pretty rough when you'd spend a whole day out in that thing. <laughs> a vantage yeah, that, seat, that's what it was. Vantage yeah. seat. Yeah, that yeah. new seat is impressive. I don't know if you've seen it or not, Josh. But, yep. man, it has, like, multiple, like, adjustment mm -hmm. points. And then the adjustment points on the armrest. I, I thought that was real cool. It's clever, yeah, because, like, all you have to do is just spin it one way to make it go forward, and then if you want to loosen it up, then you just turn it the other way. It's just like a little rope system. It's pretty ingenious. Do, does, uh, is there, like, any complaints with the cables ever snapping or, or anything with that? Not that I've heard or been aware of. I mean, these these things, they're just, they're, they're rough and tough. I, 
I mean, if if somebody broke one, it's probably because they were doing something they weren't supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping up and down. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Cool. So what is your, what are you looking forward to the most in the new boat? Oh, man. Um, Being able to stand up and stretch out. (laughs) That's probably the biggest thing. Because, I mean, you know, you think about how long we spend, you know, our time in a kayak during a tournament. You know, you're in there like, you know, 6 a.m. to two or three o'clock that's a long time and that's if you don't get up and or if you even have the ability to get up so just being able to stand up kind of stretch around a little bit too and being able to stand up and fish i could do it in my outback and it's not that i was afraid of it or anything um but just it's it wasn't as easy to kind of get up and do that whereas the pearl angler easy it's just like getting up and standing up like in a regular chair yeah it makes a big difference i mean even when we have the i've i've had a coos hd and i've always been able to stand it and i was able to stand it from day one but you know like you said you spend a good four or five hour hours solid sitting down and you go to stand up and you're like good lord i, I should have done that like three <laughs> or four times already yep. you know and and I didn't ever really experience that very much till this year, till I started fishing lakes. Cause I, like Brad and I are both river guys and mm. you know, I tend to get out of the boat a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, I, I'd never really had to experience that so much until I'd spent some significant, you know, significant seat time. Like you're looking at three or four hours straight and you're just like, why is my legs feel numb? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and exactly. maybe, I maybe I shouldn't stand right now, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but it makes a big difference when those boats are that stable to be able to just kind of stand up and feel comfortable, you know, because you are trying to stretch out mm-hmm. and you're tense, you're kind of hurting a little bit. And I can't imagine trying to stand in an unstable boat in when your legs and back are feeling that way. So right. Yep. I, I used to I used to have have a boat that I couldn't stand in, so I I know the pain. And it did not even have a seat like the Hobie, so. Oh, yeah. It, it was just like one of those plastic molded in seats, you know. Oh, yep. yep. <laughs> it oh. sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the same thing with my very first kayak, that little Pelican. It was just, yeah, just that kind of molded seat and had like that little plastic back to it, you know, and that was it. And, yeah. And like I'd try to go out all day in that thing, but like I'd get, of course, it was a sitting kayak too, you know, so getting in and out of that thing was terrible too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but. The thing I always recommend for people to go out and try boats because. I took one trip and the field and stream sitting, sitting inside Brad. I don't even know what it was called, but the thing was awful. It was the most uncomfortable fishing experience I've ever had in my life. And I literally almost didn't, I almost just said, no, I'm never, I'm not going to kayak fish. Like it was that bad. I was like uncomfortable the whole time, you know, and it was just, like Susie mentioned, it was super hard to get in and out. <clears throat> and being a river guy, we were on the river. We were on the river for a good six to eight hours that day. And and I like to get out a lot of times and fish riffles and everything like that and not worry about being in the boat and, like, pick a part of section of the river 
And I'm like, man, I don't even want to get out of this thing. I don't want to get back into it. You know, like, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was awful. And that's why I decided when I, when I did decide to get, stick with it was I'm like, I'm not going out to just go buy one of these, you know, these cheaper kayaks and, and not that there's anything wrong with anybody doing that. If you, if that's all you can afford, that's all you can afford to get out of right. the water to do it. But I was like, I, I waited another year and a half to buy a kayak because of that experience. I was like, I don't, I don't want to make it un- like unenjoyable basically, you yep. know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what sacrifice are you going to be making when you, you know, invest in kind of the cheaper kayaks? You know, a lot of people don't even know about that, you know, when they first want to get into it because they're like, oh, I really want to get into this, but my budget is only $500. So, you know, I mean, you're going to be sacrificing a lot, but, you know, it's just a matter of, all right, you know, can you, can you just bear and grunt through it until you can afford that better kayak and, you know, not let that crappy boat suede you from keep on going. So, yep. It's about a lot of these companies now too, um, that are like, we got Crescent kayaks coming out and they have some really seriously price friendly kayaks that have comfort, you know, Mm -hmm. um, didn't really see that it took, you know, you had to be looking upwards to hit around a thousand dollar mark to start getting, you know, seats that are worth sitting in for six or seven hours, you know, yeah. uh, but kind of cool, you know, you saw Jackson do it. Um, you, you, you even saw like Hobie do it, you know, you, I mean, they were still on the higher end price wise, but you know, with the introduction to the Outback and what's the other one that they have? Uh, they've got a revolution, uh, Outback, Pearl Wingler, um, uh, gotta think here for a second. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Because the re- the revolution is a lot like the um, oh the compass. Are you thinking of the compass? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's the newest yep. one, isn't it? Yes. Yep. It, that was the one that was supposed to rival Pelican's new pedal drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That if if you if you're gonna go after a pedal drive, I'm definitely gonna go after that one over the Pelican. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, they're almost the same price point too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, you're just gonna get a better quality out of Hobie all around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I went. I went through uh, two two crappy kayaks before I found the one <laughs> that was good for me. So yeah. Don't don't be like me, listeners. Be like uh, somebody else that only goes through one, or do your research. Right. I didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing, too, is like, you know, you can do a lot of research, but also it's about like actually getting in them. And that can be very challenging because like where I'm at, there isn't anything that has like any like demo days or anything like that. Not not in Peoria, not in Bloomington. You'd have to go up to Ottawa to quest when they do a Mm. demo day or um yeah, that's kind of really about it. So you'd have to drive wow. a few hours. So I'm actually going to try to see about getting a demo day um, with Hobie, at least um, down here, maybe at Banner or um, somewhere um, that's, that's, you know, pretty idea. decent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got your calling. Guess what you need to do? Open your own paddle shop. And have oh, all the Dude, I know. I totally <laughs> would. But, like, it takes a lot to start a business around here. So I'm just kind of yeah. like, well, 
Well, and my pockets are pretty empty right now, too. <laughs> Plus, that would take away from fishing time. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like, eh, maybe when I retire, then I might, you know, yeah. we'll see. There, there are a couple of shops around here. There's a, um, there's a bushwhacker in Peoria, um, which I need to get in. I've been uh, meaning to get in touch with them um, just to see, you know, if they do anything, are they willing to do anything um, just to try to get more involvement with like, you know, kayak fishing and whatnot around here. Um, and then in Bloomington, you know, I don't know if there's anything in Bloomington. Um, so yeah, there, there's a market out here for it. Cause you know, we got the Illinois river, but I mean, again, you don't really want to kayak on the Illinois river. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like you got Banner Marsh, you got Emaquan, you got Spring Lake, you know, there's a lot of different resources around here, even towards Bloomington, you've got Evergreen Lake, you've got Miller Park. Um, and then there's also Bloomington Lake. There's a lot of different areas that are just waiting for somebody to come in and be like, all right, let's do this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Yep. Really good idea. Um, completely fr- forgot what I was going to say. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Oh, <laughs> huh? Oh, Brad. Oh, no, I... I was going to say uh, Loveland Canoe and Kayak. We, <laughs> it just hit me. I don't know why. <laughs> but we, we try to do demo day uh, at least once a month down oh, yeah. here in Ohio. So. Nice. Our, our property is on a uh, river. So if you want to try a kayak, you just carry it down the down to the water a couple hundred nice. feet. Maybe less than that, actually. Right. Huh? You could probably slide down that hill in the kayak Dude. into the water. We should try that this year. <laughs> I don't care. I don't try it. <laughs> you know, I um, I don't know if you guys are ever on uh, Reddit or not, but um, there was a recent video of some people in sitting kayaks who were racing down a snow hill. Yeah, <laughs> was like, I've, I've heard about it. Kayak sledding or kayak skiing or something like that. I was like, oh man. Awesome. <laughs> like water drainage chute thing that's like all overgrown with vegetation yeah yeah that is a cool video crazy yeah yeah i don't know if i would do it though that's like eric jackson stuff right there (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah if you're not careful though you could uh you could end up in a bad situation (laughs) yeah that would be fun (laughs) right (sighs) was there anything else you wanted to cover um hmm, good question uh, we can't really talk much about the pa since you haven't used it as much but right yeah this um, is a this is a, like we're gonna do a series of kayaks uh this this coming season so mm-hmm. started off with hobie i think we're gonna do a bonafide episode you guys done a jackson episode already mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll get some other kayak companies on here and have nice. talked about it heck yeah 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 i figure uh once uh once i've had a, um, you know I'm, I'm hoping that the weather is somewhat decent in march so that i can get out and kind of fine-tune it before gunnersville uh we'll see this weather lately has been like scary because you know we're in january and it's like 50 degrees out so i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the bad winter 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, if it's nice on March, uh, I'll get to uh, Banner a few times, get it kind of test out and rigged up and whatnot. So I'm just ready to get out again already. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, you got anything else? No, I think we covered it all. I appreciate the time, Susie. Yeah, anytime, guys. Yeah, super excited. And, uh, yeah, probably maybe toward uh, mid to late season, I'll uh, definitely do a review. Going to be like, all right, you know, now that I've had a good season to, uh, you know, fish in it. And depending on what my uh, um, team boat is going to be, hopefully a 360. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, my God. Well, we'll, so if awesome. it is, we'll definitely get you on to talk. About oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that looks interesting. I know. Yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely going to test one out for sure because I'll be helping out with their demo days uh, this year. But uh, yeah, hopefully. But, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not too greedy. So <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're on the Hobie team. Uh, if anybody has any questions, where can they uh, get a hold of you? Uh, so I got a couple different, uh, channels. So my main Facebook page, uh, just look for Susie Roloff. And then I've got my adventures with outdoor woman Facebook page. And then of course, uh, I'm my own host with Paddle and Finn as well. Adventures with outdoor woman. And I'm also on Instagram outdoor woman 84. You can catch me on there as well. Or if you want to email me too, just outdoor woman 84 at Gmail. Sweet. Pretty easy. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I think that's all we have. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. You want to take us out, Brad? Sure. Why not? Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys next Friday. Uh, Not sure what we have planned yet, but we'll surprise you as usual. So uh, Thursday. Yep. Oh, Thursday. Yeah, I'm I'm used to doing the reel down still. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) But anyway... Uh, We'll see you guys next Thursday. Uh, Have a good week. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at Paddle and Finn. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Finn logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.